G'day, Strong Nation Church. It's uh, so great to be with you in church today. Um, it's wonderful, but what great news that is about Australian Christian Churches International. That's our movement's mission arm, and we partner with them as Strong Nation Church um, through finances, and we also, all of our missionaries are accredited and go through ACCI. They support our missionaries greatly, um, especially with pastoral care and things like that, and um, they are brilliant. And um, so I just want you to know about that and your frontiers giving. And if you feel like any of your seed that you want to sow into the kingdom wants to go there, it can come through our frontiers giving and we just pass it on or we put it through other programs in Cambodia as well. Um, So it's wonderful. Amen. Well, it's great to be in church, even though I'm in this hall, very open hall on my own. Um, But you're with family, hopefully, or maybe you're on your own, but you're with a good coffee. Who knows? Um, but today I just want to start with giving a shout out to a special little girl, Mercy River Burrell, my granddaughter. Happy birthday, little one. Papa Bear can't be with you today, or nor can Grammy, but we've got presents for you. Hope you have a wonderful day, precious little girl. And um, hey, parents, why don't you in, um, email us your children's birthdays and so that we can actually give them a shout out on Sunday mornings while we're doing streaming. And um, you can do that through info at strongnation.church, I think. If not, just get on the website. I'm sure you can find that. Email through their birthdays. We'd love to give them a shout out on Sundays and uh, let them know that we're thinking about them and praying for them. Is that cool? Well, here we are in this part of Australia right now. Again, we're back in lockdown and um, it's actually getting a bit more intense. A couple of our stream team couldn't make it here because they live in the Blacktown district. Shout out to you, Shannon. And um, yeah, it's, it changes every week. But uh, you know what? We stand resolute. And um, we actually want you to know that we're praying and thinking about every one of you and um, caring for you. And I really hope you're doing well. And, um, but if you're not, please don't hesitate to speak up, reach out. If you need anything, your church wants to help you. And we've got a heart to look after our church. So why don't you just contact us, <coughs> excuse me, contact someone. And um, if you need food, we can get food. If you need resources, we can get resources. If you just need someone to talk to, Maybe to vent. We'd love to help you. We'd love to help you. And um, I know it's a very, very difficult time, um, but you're being thought about all the time, and we love you and care for you. You know what? This is an incredible time. It's it's an unprecedented time. But what an amazing opportunity is for the church. In this time, even though it may be difficult, it's an opportunity for the church to really represent Jesus well. Maybe your neighbor's not doing too well. Maybe you can give them a call or just shout out across the fence. See how they're doing. Maybe they might need some food. Please contact us and we'll make sure they get it. And, um, but I think mostly most people need encouragement. So let's make sure we're on that. Hey, church, is that cool? Because uh, we're actually into a very interesting time. I was listening to a message the other day by a guy called Alan Hirsch. And uh, he actually said the word apocalyptic is an interesting word he said apocalyptic actually means to reveal to expose to uncover and if that's true I think we're living in very apocalyptic times I struggle with that word very apocalyptic times right now where things are actually being exposed and things are being unveiled and and I think in my life that through this unusual time things are being revealed in me God's revealing to me some things which maybe he wants to adjust. Maybe he wants to increase. What's he revealing in you? 
I think he's revealing things in the church right now. And that's why I believe the church at this time, we need to make sure that we are representing Jesus really well. So church, in this time, let's make sure we're strong. Amen? Amen. You're not alone. We've been speaking around the series of this new kingdom. Uh, Every time I sit down and think about it, I I start thinking about this new kingdom and and I realise that this kingdom is an amazing thing. What Jesus spoke about, he came to reveal, to introduce, to make available his kingdom. There are no physical boundaries to his kingdom. No, but there is, in my view, a boundary which is called everywhere at every time that Jesus rules is where his kingdom is. And um, I'm not quite sure I live in the kingdom every day, however I want to. And I think a Christian should live in the kingdom every day. But I don't think I do. And I don't think many people do all the time. How do you do that? How do you walk in the kingdom? Does Jesus rule my life every day, every moment? We've been talking a lot about that. We've had some really great messages from different people. But every time I sit down to just say, Lord, I just want to hear from you today, he talks to me about his kingdom. And I want to share with you a little bit about that today. Let's go back to Mark chapter 1. And um, this is where it all began with me when I was reading this. Jesus came to Galilee in verse 14, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is here, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. Wow, repent and believe the gospel. We tend to think of that word repent as to get on your knees and sob, but that's not what it means at all. The word repentance, the word in the Greek there is metanoia. Meta means beyond, noia is thinking. Beyond thinking, beyond thinking about where you are. Look at what God is doing beyond what you think. Maybe he has a different way of thinking. Change your mind, have a paradigm shift. Open your psyche or your soul to something new. That's what it means. Repent and believe for the kingdom is at hand. He's always on to me about this and I'm praying. And this week I was praying about, Lord, what do you want me to share? I really, and I actually said to them, Lord, I really, want to in, 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 I really want to comfort the church today. I really want to bring comfort because it's an apocalyptic time, right? And he rebuked me. He said, Rick, that's not your job. He said, Rick, your job is to encourage, to build, to rebuke, to teach. He said, Rick, Holy Spirit is the comforter. Don't ever try to replace him. I thought, whoa, whoa, okay, okay. But it's true. I'm going to be a lousy comforter to you, church. But he isn't. And he was sent to be the comforter. And he is available to you anytime you need. He is with you always. In fact, he is in you. As a believer of Christ Jesus, filled with his spirit, you have him in you, this comforter. And, th- and I, I started thinking about how often I replace God with other things. I allow other things to comfort me rather than him. I'm looking for other people to bring comfort other than him. But he wants to comfort us. He wants to be the one. We, the pastors, the leaders, the Christians, we are the signposts to say, there's the comfort. It's Holy Spirit. And that's my role today, to be a signpost for him. I think that's what the metanoia, the repentance is all about. Changing our way of thinking. 
changing our direction of thinking, our, our, our concept of what God really wants. Metanoia, repent and believe, Jesus said, the kingdom is at hand. Change your thinking, change it. He's the comforter, go to him. That's what it means. Let's look at Mark chapter 10. It's a story about the rich young ruler. Fair bit of reading here, but let's read it together. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good desire. Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not uh, give false testimony, you shall not defraud, honour your mother and father. Teacher, the young man declared, all these I've kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. It wasn't a rebuke. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God, all things are possible. And Jesus spoke up, we have left every, I'm oh, sorry, and Peter spoke up, we have left everything to follow you. Now listen to this, truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or mothers or, or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields along with persecutions, thanks Jesus, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Wow, that's a heavy passage of scripture. He's not mincing his words, he's, he's given it out. He's being very direct. A young man comes to him and this young man had great heart. He, he wanted eternal life, he wanted to do it the right way. He'd kept the commandments since he was a boy. He wanted to honour Jesus by calling him good. It says that Jesus really loved him. But Jesus said, you lack one thing. He instructed him to give up his wealth, but he couldn't do it. Jesus said it's virtually impossible for him to enter the kingdom of God or anyone if they're rich. Can you imagine the sinking feeling in the heart of the disciples at that point? Can you imagine it? Whoa, who then can be saved? We've given up everything for this guy. Who can make it? Jesus said it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Wow, now I've heard many anecdotes of that, many explanations that the eye of the needle is a hole in the wall where the camels had to kneel and get through and unload everything. I actually don't buy it because Jesus actually said it's actually impossible 
because if you unloaded a camel and got on his knees, it's actually possible for a camel to go through that eye of a needle. No, I actually literally think he meant a camel and a little needle. I actually think he meant that. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. <coughs> That's what he says. Jesus says in 27, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. You can't enter the kingdom of God naturally. You can't by being good. You can't by just um, doing the right things, being generous, having stuff. That's not an indication. You can't do it in the natural realm. Only God can get you there. Only God can. That's what Jesus says. Peter says, we've left everything to follow you. We've, lost, we've left it all, Jesus. And I love his response. He explains what impossible looks like. He says this, no one has ever given anything up for me will fail to receive a hundred times in this present age what they gave away and in the future, in the eternal life. No one will fail. Whoever does this, they won't fail to get more in this present age. Wow. So what's that got to do with us? What is it? Here's what I want to take out of the story in this apocalyptic time in which we live. It is so crucial for us to understand something about how the kingdom works right now, church. Because right now there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot going around right now. It is so important for us to understand something important, which I think is the reason why this is in the Bible. Explaining what the kingdom of God is really like. So... This is what I take out of this story. The first thing is, God wants us to put our trust in him, not anything else. Nothing else. The rich young ruler, this young man, missed the kingdom of God because he was rich. Not, sorry, not because he was rich. It was not just because he had money. If that was the case, we're all in deep yogurt. Because if you live in Australia today, considering the rest of the world, you're actually very rich. You have medical care whenever you want it. You have a, most people have a house, a roof over their head. You had something to eat this morning, I guarantee it. You probably had a choice of coffees. We are rich. If it's being rich that keeps you out of the kingdom, well, we might as well give up now. But that's not why he missed out. He missed out because his trust was not in God, it was in his riches. Now, I don't know why he wanted to hang on to it. Maybe he, you know, he thought he couldn't live without it. Maybe he was that. Maybe he thought he would lose his security. Maybe it was his identity. I'm a rich man. I don't know. Maybe he just liked buying things and feeling good about it. I don't know. But he held on to that wealth rather than give it up because Jesus challenged him. If you want the kingdom, you've got to trust in more than just your wealth. You can only trust in God. I thought about my life. Wow. Do I trust in him alone above all other things? It's a metanoia that I need to go through right now. Metanoia, it's a, a repentance. I need to start thinking a lot differently. You know, for this man, it was an apocalyptic... Oh, I should not say this word. Apocalyptic time. For him, it was an apocalyptic time. Something got revealed. He was probably greatly admired, probably well-known. Oh, he's an awesome guy. He probably made great donations. But something got revealed. Your trust, buddy, is not in God. Your trust is in the temporal wealth of man. And it fell short. He couldn't enter the kingdom. It revealed something and it uncovered it. We're in the same sort of moment. Here we are locked away. Uncertainty. Some of you parents have become teachers. 
learning how to teach. Good on you and I admire you for doing it. Well done, it's tough. Some of you teachers are out there teaching online. Well done, it's tough, I know. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an apocalyptic time. What gets revealed right now is what's important. Where do we put our trust? What do we rely on? It can't be on just things which are temporal. It can only be on a God. You see, it's not just our riches that can stop us. It's our security. It's our job. Maybe it's our identity that we rely on. Maybe it's our reputation. Maybe it's our education. Oh, I've got to to have this education. Otherwise, I cannot make it. Well, education's a great thing. So is security. So is a great standing in society. But we cannot allow that to be the thing we trust. Some people trust in church, meeting together on a Sunday. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to do that. I think it's an amazing thing. I wish you were all here right now. But I'm not going to rely on that. That's not what I'm trusting in. I know some pastors... That is their reliance, and right now they're freaking out. But mate, my reliance is not in a gathering. My reliance is in the one we we gather for, and that is in God, our King, our Saviour. Amen? I see a lot of fear and panic and judgment and arguments breaking out right now. I'm wondering whether that's an an indication, it's an apocalyptic moment where we're unveiling that, hang on, I'm not relying I'm not relying where I should be relying. If you're gripped with fear right now, I understand it's a tense time. But where's your reliance? Maybe you're frustrated because someone else is doing something differently to you and you you just want to let them know they're doing wrong and you want to vent. Where's your reliance? Maybe you've got very strong opinions and that's a good thing to have. It's not a bad thing. But we need to understand that we don't rely on what else someone else does to make sure we're secure. Our God is our security. Our God is the one. Is it an apocalyptic moment where he's unveiling something? Because God wants us to rely on him more than anything else. Amen? The second thing I notice about this is it. Jesus gives us opportunities to repent. He gives us opportunity. He gave this young man an opportunity. Hey, buddy, you've done everything. Well, good on you. But one thing you lack, go and give everything you've got to the poor. I've given opportunity, son, change your thinking. Change it now. Investigate what's beyond your thinking. Metanoia, beyond thinking. What's, what's behind it? What's, what's, what's further? What's God thinking right now? That's where we actually begin to see clarity. Jesus challenged him, but he didn't repent. He didn't change his thinking. And he missed out on the kingdom. Maybe it's a moment here for us right now where we can, in this terrible time, to change our thinking. Maybe there's a lot of good happening right now. Maybe there's, a, there's something sharpening in your life. Yeah, we can be sad. You know, I'm not going to see young Mercy today. I'm sad about that, but I haven't lost my joy. I'm not happy. You know, um, I was watching the devotionals that people are putting on Facebook on social media, and all of them are brilliant. But um, one that really grabbed my heart was Cheryl Walker. What an amazing lady. Her and Wes are an amazing couple. And uh, she, she highlighted the fact that 
She's got two little grandbabies coming. They're going to be delivered any moment. The storks are coming very soon. But she's probably not going to be able to hold them. And that could be devastating. This is her first grandchildren. This can be devastating. She's not happy about it, but she has joy. Because that's metanoia. That's different thinking. It's okay. It's just what it is right now. I'm not going to let that determine my mood. I'm not going to let that deter. Oh, Cheryl, well done. Everyone applause. Come on, let's give her a clap. Yay. Brilliant. Looking beyond the current status. Looking what God might actually do at this time. Brilliant. I love it. What circumstances are challenging us right now? Do we think God's got this? I don't like what's happening. In fact, I hate what's happening right now, but God's got it. My trust is in him. I'll allow him to do whatever he needs to do. He's always come through. He's done it before. He'll do it again. I don't want to be stuck with anger, fear, dismay. And he's the one who takes those things away. He replaces it with joy, peace, satisfaction, favour. That's what he does. He wants to bring us to a point where we realise that our reliance must be on him more than anyone else. And, and he also brings us to that point where we have an opportunity to change our thinking and change our minds. What has happened this week? What will happen this week as well? That you'll give an opportunity, to, you know what? I need to change my thinking on this. I need to metanoia. I need to repent to bring a change. Look beyond what I'm doing and see what God's paradigm is here. You see, this is how we enter the kingdom. And the third thing that I've got on here, oh no, sorry. Remember a passage of scripture before I get on to the third thing. In Proverbs chapter three. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not in your own understanding with all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, thank you very much. I'll just wait for the applause to stop. Anytime now, anytime. Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not in your own understanding. He will make your path straight. He will come through. He's done it time and time again in our marriage, in our lives and in our families. Time again. Why do we worry? Why do we fear? I don't know who I was talking to the other day, but I said to someone, remember the sparrows. He knows them all. Why are we worried about this? You know what? We, I don't like to say don't sweat the small stuff because we've got some pretty big stuff. Don't sweat the big stuff either. Allow God. Put your trust in him. And change that thinking. The third thing is this. The kingdom will cost you, but it won't. That's the name of this message, by the way. The kingdom will cost you, but it won't. What would have happened if that young man had done what Jesus asked him to do? What would have happened, do you think? What if he got all his wealth and gave it to the poor? Well, the poor would have been fed and clothed and looked after. They would have been a lot happier. In fact, if you know what Jesus says about that, he would have been happier because he said, if you do it to them, you do it to me. So that would have happened. There would have been a lot more happy people. He would have felt this incredible satisfaction that you can't get anywhere else. It's more joy to give than it is to receive, but he missed out on that. He would have entered God's kingdom because he changed his thinking. He repented. So much would have happened. 
Based on God's kingdom, the way it works, what excites us too is that he actually would have got back more than what he gave. In Mark, sorry, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus speaking said, Give, it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured out into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Well, think about it. If he'd have given his wealth away, if he stepped into the kingdom, he would have got a lot more back. You can't outgive our God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and that's even underestimating it. He owns everything and he is generous, he is loving, he's caring. In the kingdom is where that's found. But no, he held on to his meager wealth when he could have had much more. Translate that to your thinking of everything else, what you put your trust in, if you metanoia, you turn it around. It will cost you, but it won't. To enter into God's kingdom would have cost him, but not really. I think about how uh, many of you know, I'm, I'm sort of a little bit into beekeeping. I, I like beekeeping. <laughs> Do you know I actually own six beehives and I can't really even afford one? They're expensive little things. I've got six of them. But something happened the other day. I was, I was saying, God, there's this Rolls Royce model of bee, beehives. Oh boy, they're good. They're made out of Western red cedar. They've got little roofs on them. They've just got everything. They're the Rolls Royce. They've got brass knobs and they're just awesome. I said, oh, I'd love one of them. Oh, they're, but there's so much money. You know, if, if you don't include the inserts that go in them, it's $850, you know. And um, I thought, oh, I can't do it. Naomi will divorce me. Then where would she live, you know? <laughs> no. Anyway, all of a sudden comes up on my feed that... Hey, there's this guy selling these beehives. So I thought, look at them. They're exactly what I want. There's two of them. I thought, oh, boy, I wish I could have those. Look at them, $100 each. Whoa! So I've got these things that I desired. They're worth $850 each. I've got them for $100 each. He provides. Just the other day, we've got a pool and the chlorinator has been not doing its job and it's pretty well worn out. And I thought, you know what, this summer I've got to start saving because I've got to buy a new chlorinator for it. I don't know how I'm going to, $940. And I thought, oh boy, I'm going to have to go without to get this. So I started looking. No, nah, couldn't find anything. I said, okay, I'm going to have to start saving. So summer's a little way away before we need it. So saving, saving, saving. And then one day came up on my feet out of the blue, exactly what I needed. Came up, bang, on sale, marketplace, $150. Been used very little. Wow, he just keeps providing these things. The kingdom will cost you, but it won't. We think it costs us, but it doesn't. He knows what you want. He knows what your desires are. He is with you. He wants you to have that joy. He wants you to be happy. Don't fear as though you're ever gonna lose entering into the kingdom. You will not lose, not at all. Remember what Jesus said? Peter spoke up. We've left everything for you, Jesus. We've given it all up. We've sacrificed so much. Truly, I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields or beehives for the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Now, 
homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children. Imagine inheriting a hundredfold children. Wow. And fields along with persecutions. Yep, they too come. But in the kingdom, you can handle that. And in the age to come, eternal life. And I love this little bit he says in verse 31. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. In other words, what he's saying is, understand it's different in my kingdom. The first is last, last is first. It's different. Your metanoia, you've got to change your way of thinking. My kingdom is different. It's upside down. Maybe it's the right side up. It'll cost you. There is a cost. But it isn't. It won't cost you. Not really. Doesn't make sense. But it's in his kingdom where it's not always happy, but there's always joy. Might not always feel secure, but there's always love. Might not always feel as though you've got plenty, but there's lots of favour. Satisfaction, it's in the kingdom. That's where grace is. That's where forgiveness just flows out of you and into you. It's in his kingdom. But we step on the outside, us Christians, we, we put our trust in other things, which sort of takes us out of his kingdom because we're not trusting Jesus. It's not about Jesus anymore. It's about us. And we allow other things to bring us comfort. We allow other things to fulfill us. We allow other things to make us happy. But they let us down. But we look into the kingdom and it costs us. But what you get in the end, the hidden treasure is much more than everything else you own, according to the parable. That pearl that is in the kingdom is much more worth anything than anything you have. Just enter the kingdom, you'll find it. That's where it's at. What is Jesus asking for you today to give up? What is he asking you to take up? It'll be totally different to you from what it is to me. Totally different. He knows you. He knows exactly what your heart is. He knows your anxieties. He wants to take them away. And I can't help but believe maybe, just maybe, that as we give up what he asks us to, or take up what he asks us to, we step into that kingdom where all the treasure is. It'll cost you, but not really. Not a dozen. Psalm 20, I want to read this over you. We're going to pray. Psalm 20 is a beautiful psalm. And um, as I read this, I want you to receive it. I want you to amen with me, church, because this is really pertinent for today. Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. <clears throat> May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now this I know, the Lord gives victory to His anointed. He answers Him from His heavenly sanctuary. 
with the victorious power of His right hand. Now listen to this, I love this, verse 7. Some trust in chariots and some in horses and some in bank accounts and some in jobs and some in education and some in my house. But we trust in the name of our Lord, our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the King, the Premier, the Prime Minister in this pandemic. Answer us when we call. I pray that over you, church, every bit of it. This is a moment, it's a, it's a crisis moment and God wants us to rely on Him more than anything else. It's not, it's not bad to have good things, it's when the good things have you. This is a time, I think, an opportunity for us right now to repent, to change our thinking, metanoia, to, to look beyond what's happening and think, what's God thinking beyond my situation? Let me take that on and realise this, that He's gonna ask you to give things up. Sacrifice, He will. Sacrifice seems to be a dirty word these days but yet it's the key to the kingdom, one of them. You give up, it'll cost you, but not really. It doesn't cost you because the joy and the reward is there. I wanna pray for you and I'd like everyone right now, if you've got your Bibles or your phones, just put them down. I wanna just close your eyes. We're just gonna allow Holy Spirit to minister. I'm gonna pray that He will reveal things to you, that maybe He'll speak to you and show you what your, for the rich man, it was his wealth, but maybe it's something else for you. And just privately between He and you, have a talk, chat with Him. What is it about this God that you want me to give up? Why? Because you're putting your trust in this. And you, you, you give that up, you won't. You won't. <laughs> You give it away, you don't miss out. Kingdom costs you, but it won't. Let me pray. Holy Spirit, thank you for always being around us. You're our comforter and I pray for people to be comforted today. I pray for your presence to be felt wherever this voice is heard. Now, Holy Spirit, would you just speak to us all is there something that we're holding on to, like this young man, the rich young ruler? Is there something that we're holding on and relying on and trusting in more than you? Would you just reveal that to all of us now? Every individual. Lord, we don't wanna miss out on your kingdom. We, we wanna walk in your kingdom. Lord, we wanna squeeze this camel through the eye of a needle and only you can do that, God. Would you show us how? by putting our trust in You. Father, let Your favour be felt with everyone right now. Let Your blessings be felt. Lord, would You just take away anxieties and fears? Lord, if there'd be anyone who's feeling critical or, or, or angry right now, Lord God, would You just soothe that and just bring peace into that situation? Lord, right now for sicknesses and diseases and 
uh, and worried association around that too. I, I just pray for total healing. Lord, would you do miracles right now? Take that disease away right now. Lord, for this whole circumstance with the pandemic, Lord, Lord, your will be done. Lord, would you take it away? But if not, your will be done. Help people, I pray, and help us as your church be the helping hands you ask us to be. Lord, we love you and give you glory. Amen. Church, if he spoke to you today, would you metanoia? Would you repent? Would you turn around and change your thinking? You'll be blessed. You'll experience his favour like never before. He's amazing. The incredible peace that comes with that. It's amazing. Also, church, pretty dark times we're living in. Remember, he said to us, we are the light of the world. Maybe you need to shine the light over the neighbor's fence. Hey! Shine some light, give some hope, meet some need. But if you're feeling overwhelmed right now and you need something, if you are struggling to get food and finances are a struggle for you, we wanna help you out. We, your church wants to help you. Would you please contact someone, let us know. We will, we'll get into action, nothing better. There's nothing prettier than the church in action. It's beautiful. Anyway, I pray this word's really blessed you. I pray, Lord, that, pray that the Lord favour would be on you. Um, stay strong, enjoy your families, reach out to others. God bless you. Love you. See you later.